Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Pastor Major H. Gilbert Sr. We're coming to you from Piney Hill Baptist Church here on 320 Slap Creek Road in Amherst, Virginia. We thank God for you joining us this morning for our worship hour. We just thank God for you being in our presence on our Facebook and those who are in our corporate worship this morning. We thank God for you being here. We give God all praise, glory, and honor for what he has done in us and through us. We glorify his name because he is worthy to be praised. Uh, the book of the Lord says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Declare his glory among all heathen and his wonders among all people. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name and bring an offering and come before his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in beauty of holiness and fear before him all the earth. So we want to ask our congregation to rise and let us have a congregation with him this morning. It's the light of Timothy, 
chapter. Verses 1 through 8. Second Timothy, fourth chapter, verses one through eight. Our scripture read this morning, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and other season, rebuke, reprove, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they have will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myth. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought a good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his holiness, righteous word. You may be seated. You know, according to Swoon, which is an online blog, it says that people were created to be loved. Things were created to be used. Maintaining some relationships comes with a price whether you are in a marriage or whether you are in a family relationship, but friendship and love should never be for sale. At some point in time, everyone has wondered whether or not they've been used, or whether by a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband, wife, or a friend, or, or what one of our church associates are. Sometimes we in church, we feel like sometimes we've been used. Yeah. Often it's hard to realize that we're being used and we don't want to accept the fact of it. We come up and create all kinds of excuses and reasons why we shouldn't feel that way, but it's also harder to accept it. It, it happens, ain't it? And sometimes you just got to live with it. I've been deceived and I've been used and I, I personally know that the situation is mentally degrading. Sometimes it's hard to shake it. I had to uh, know that that situation was not what God wanted for me in my life. I, I, I had a string of, of, of young men that I used to hang with, and, and I felt like they were using me. And sometime in every situation, I found myself at the lowest point in my life of, of people that I thought I trusted. But they sometimes made me feel like I was insecure and felt like I was worthless and they used me and, and, and I felt that way. And, and, and that's some things that is not easy to get rid of in your life. 
These types of relationships are not just harmful, they're abusive. There are several different reasons for someone would use you. Sometimes it's, it's money, sex. Sometimes it's just their ego. They, they feel good about themselves or how they get over on folk and, 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 and they boast about it. Eh? And, and, and however, there are some universal signs that are evident in life so that you can learn how to identify when you're being used. Your relationship is inconsistent. It always got to be my way. Your conversation usually starts and ends about one or the other. If it's all about me, something wrong with my relationship with you, ain't. You are unsupported in your life, the work that you want to do. If it's all about me, I don't care what you're doing. Is The attention is all about me right now. You'll be there every step of the way for them, but when it's time for them to be there for you, you're all alone. That, that means you're being used then. When you're around others, the person's attitude changes. Have you ever had people that it's all right for to be around that friend, but when you get around your friends, it's all different attitude change. If you don't do something when they ask you to do it, they get all moody and resentful. You don't really know their friends. You only know your friends, and they don't. You don't know any of their friends, and somehow you need to start questioning what's wrong, eh? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the person using you don't realize what you, what they're doing, mm -hmm. and that they're hurting you. Sometimes they just think it's. It's all right, eh? Mm -hmm. I told you one of my coworkers, he got to cursing around me on the job knowing I'm a preacher, and then he said, I didn't know it bothered you. <laughs> See, don't be afraid to, we said this morning in Sunday school, my jazz CD by Ben Tankard said, you should have said something. When, when folk are offending you around you and you, you, you shouldn't be afraid to approach them and let them know how you feel. Mm -hmm. See, sometimes they really don't know they're offending you. They, 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 right. their, their mindset is not in a place where they know whether they're offending you or not. They just, my, my boss says, palms up, shoulders up. Some people just take it that way. Mm -hmm. See, having the courage to say something could begin to mend that relationship but if you don't say something, they're going to keep doing as usual. Right. Hurting you, using you. Amen. However, there's always a chance that they'll never change. Mm -hmm. You got to accept that some folk ain't going to change. Yeah. See, trust me, you'll be better off without them in your life. Because nobody likes to be used. So today I want to talk to you on the counter I want to talk to you on the subject, use me up. Wait a minute, use me up. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for 
your presence of your spirit in this house. We, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to let our little light shine so that we can express our praise and glory for you being in our lives. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for each and every member of this church, those that are on our Facebook audience, we thank you, God, for them also. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you and to worship you and to be able to say a word that might encourage us to allow you to direct our lives in the way that you would have us to go. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. In Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Use me up. You know, being used by anyone, a close friend or spouse or a company or even our church, can be a real devastating but also life-changing moment that it might take years or even decades for you to get over. But if you're blessed, sometimes some people just don't ever get over it. God blesses you sometimes to lay down stuff, Amen. lay it aside. But sometimes people carry stuff with them for the rest of their lives. I, I, I told you all about, I was getting on the school bus and the school bus driver called me a girl. <laughs> and I said, what? And the grown man didn't have nerve enough to repeat what he said. That's what you said? You know? I hurt many of people in my life trying to prove that I wasn't a girl. So I'm just letting y'all guys know. Sometimes that hurt becomes where you reflect the hurt. Instead of uh, trying to lay it aside. But, but I, I had to realize sometimes people ain't going to change sometimes. This, this, this man died in the next room with his wife in the house, and it took her three days to find him. So, I wasn't the only one he hurt. When you can die in your own house, and it takes three days for people to find you. So that means that somebody got hurt to the point where they didn't love you no more, they didn't care for you no more, they didn't... See, sometimes people just don't get over that stuff. And, and it can make something that it will be hard to shape for the rest of your life. But I, I, I had to, it brought back to my memory when I heard and read about it in the newspaper, the obituary. The thing that I had thought I had shaken came back to my memory. See, you, you can shake stuff, but you can't get Can't get rid of that in memory. See, see, being used by people is one thing, but what about us being used by God? See, see, that, that used by people will will not benefit you. But if I could just be used by God, huh? Uh, I, I remember an old song. I, I think I, I read it to y'all a few months ago by Bill Withers. He said that my friends feel it's their appointed duty. To treat trying to tell me that all you want to do is use me. He says, but my answer is to all of that use me stuff, if it feels this good being you, Lord, you can just what? Use me up. Use me up, huh? I, 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 how many of us know this morning that being used by God 
is one of those life-changing experiences that, that you'll never be able to replace with anything else in your life. What defeated you before will become your victory. Huh? huh? When you thought you were being used by somebody else that defeated you, that took me almost 50-some years to shake it off, but now I realize that when God uses me, it can give me the victory, ain't it? Huh? See, God can take a person that, that felt used and, and, and abused and, and what about mistreated, and he can use that person to be able to bring life to somebody who was caught in the same situation that they were caught up in. See, God allowed you to be used so he can use you. Huh, God allowed you to be used so that you can be able to what? Help somebody else. Amen. See, being used ain't all negative, is it? Huh? It, it? It brings you into a place where you can be able to help somebody else who has felt like they've been used. So now God is using you all right. to be able to help somebody else who's been used. Amen. See, if it had not been for you being used, you wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> uh, we said in Sunday school, iron sharpens iron. See, sometimes God allows you to be used to what? To sharpen your skills and, and to make you strong and to be able to help somebody else that's been going through something. All right. So we always sing this song, Use Me, Lord. Use me for your glory. Use me, Lord, to tell the story. Huh? Uh, yes, I will obey. I'll go all the way. Use me, Lord. Use me. So how many of us know this morning that even though you feel used by the world, God, too, can use you, can it? Yeah. See, somebody should be shouting this morning. I know that you've been abused. You've been going through some stuff that you've been feeling worthless all your life. God can turn that thing around. Your abuse can be turned around into use. Huh? Your mess can turn into your greatest message. Your test that thought was going to break you can turn into your greatest testimony. See, Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. Tell you, use me. See, you, you all missed that, didn't you, huh? I, I want to get used, but up, huh? And, and, and heaven is filled with a bunch of used up folk. Come on, man. Uh, I want to be in that number when, when, when this old, old march is over down here. I want God to use me up when God sets the appointed time for this world to stop using you. He'll use you. As we look at our text this morning, 2 Timothy is the last of the New Testament letter that is written by Paul. Paul writes these words awaiting his execution in Rome, talking about being used by God. Ain't that something? Paul is facing a death threat, and, and he wants to encourage us that you should be willing to be what? Used by God, ain't it? Paul writes to Timothy in order for to encourage him. Paul is facing the worst of all of his hardships in life, his own impending death. So he encourages Timothy to stand strong in his faith with a reliance on the written word of God. Chapter 4 uh, provides conclusions and applications to Paul's prior teaching. Paul has encouraged Timothy with a reminder of his 
spiritual heritage, he urged him to have courage and endurance. Paul also uh, specifically laid out uh, the sins of false teachers and, and he made a contrast between them and his own ministry. Yeah. Knowing all of these things, Timothy is now in this final letter from Paul being told in no uncertain terms that, that God will what? Use him, man. Eh? It's sad when we think of people that are preparing to die. Mm -hmm. When you know that you're going to die, we all personally know people that have finished their race and with life and now are with the Lord. We celebrate their lives as we remember. But what Paul is attempting here is to encourage Timothy and to be a good example for those that are sold out. In ministry. See, in order for God to use you, you got to sell out. You got to be sold out to the world and sell out to everything that is in your life. See, there is something special about people that last words. And, and, and all of a sudden, no reason to boast or brag or lie, but some of the most truthful words that a person will speak is on their deathbed. Uh, they, they might not have said something, that hateful husband, that hateful wife, that, that, that friend that mistreated you, somehow will get on their deathbed and, and all of a sudden will tell the story that they feel sorry for how they treated you. Amen. Sometimes you got to wait a whole lifetime for yeah. to get rid of that hurt, ain't it? Ain't nothing wrong with that, ain't it? But, but it happens, and, and there is something special about that. Paul is considered Timothy one of his own sons, and Paul knew that Timothy was, was his legacy or the fruit of his ministry that he would leave behind. See, all of us should have a desire that we have a son in the ministry, a son uh, in your own personal life that will carry on. The legacy of the family, and we should have that type of, of legacy. And somebody will carry on the fruit. I was telling the wife of the day here, she said, I don't know what you worried about. Look, I plow the road, I, I scrape the road, I cut the grass along the side of the road, I plow the field, and, and I, I, I told y'all I bought me a new tractor. But I don't know whether Ms. Gilbert is going to ride that tractor if something <laughs> happened to me. Oh, she raised her hand. <laughs> Don't even know how to start it, but I just still, still do it. But you worry about that. What happened to your home? What happened to your family? What happened to the, that, that situation that you have in your family? When God called you away from home, something still got to go on, eh? But we worry about stuff like that. Men, we, we worry about stuff like that. We, 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 are, we are plumbed that way. You know, who's going to take care of this when I'm gone, man? But, but God... God, God had, in, 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 in Paul's life, God had him a son Amen. that he knew and trusted that the legacy that he had started, the ministry that he had started, he had somebody that would continue to carry on like Paul. Paul should be, we should be mentoring somebody Amen. in our ministry, mentoring somebody in our family to be able to carry the legacy of the family on. Who is going to be the matriarch of the family, the patriarch of the family? Who is going to be the big mama in the family when grandma's gone? And so you need to understand, somebody got to step up, ain't what mama did, you got to do now. What, what grandma did, you got to do now. But we should be mentoring somebody. And that is God's will for us to understand that we're going to leave him one day and we got to have somebody. So who is that protege that, 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 that will be 
able to surrender themselves to God, that they too will be used up. Huh? And what is the fruit of our ministry that, that, that will remain uh, here or will it be used up as long as we, once we die? Huh? I, I don't want our ministry here at, at, at Piney Hill to be used up. That when I go up, all of a sudden the ministry, that, that's fair then. Yeah. We should equip people, ain't eh? To be prepared that I ain't going to be here always, you ain't going to be here always, and you ain't going to be here always. So somebody got to be able to step into that place. So Paul had Timothy. Amen. See, I, 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 I pray to God that my living is not in vain and I'll have one day that I'll be used up, but instead I'll have somebody to be able to step up yes, so that they can carry on the work. That, that weighs heavily and weighs heavily on Paul, didn't it? Paul wanted to know when, when, when he's being used up that who is going to carry on the work. So in our text, Paul found Charles to Timothy just before his execution. He senses this time for his departure has come. He's handing off the, the baton to this younger uh, son of his that understudy. Inspired by the Spirit of God, Paul realized that Satan will be relentless and attacking God's word and having just emphasized that he should have his trust in the word of God. So it's very important. So he encourages Timothy and every pastor after him to be faithful preaching the word. Yes. Preaching the word is a two-way street, ain't it? See, so Paul was not only uh, a solemn charge to his pastor, but he also charged us believers that, that we too have to be what? Committed to the word of God. Yeah. Welcome solid preaching. If a congregation don't want solid preaching, don't call me. <laughs> if you want some sugar, call somebody else. Oh, the pastor mean, yeah. I'd rather be mean and deal with God than be soft. Preaching and hearing God's word is of the utmost importance of our view of eternity and also life than him. If Paul had said, I solemnly charge you to preach the word, it would have been a strong exhortation. If he had said, I solemn you to charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ to preach the word, it would have been a really strong exhortation. If he had said, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is the judge and the living and the dead, we off the charge of strong exhortation. But when he says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God, of Jesus Christ, who is the judge of the living and the dead, by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. It's hard to imagine how you couldn't get it. Huh? He could have said it any more emphatically if he would have put it in a phrase where we wouldn't have understood what he was saying. If, if as he had reached out, he grabbed Timothy by the shirt, pulled him close to him, looked him straight in the eye, and screamed at him, preach the word, boy. Oh, 
Have your head, mama, grab you and shake you. You hear me, boy? And sometimes I just say that, yes, ma'am. See, he wanted Paul to get it. So in uh, 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 chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul shows why preaching is of the utmost importance. And then in uh, verses 3 and 4, he shows why hearing the word is of utmost importance. And then in verse 5, in light of this uh, inevitable opposition, he shows why a faithful pastor must persevere in preaching the word. Amen. So our, our first point uh, on this morning is that preaching the word is of utmost importance in the view of the coming judgment and the kingdom of God. Paul answers the four questions. He said, why preach? What to preach? When to preach it? And how to preach it? Eh? Uh -huh. So why preach? He said, the word must be preached because Jesus Christ is coming again to judge everyone and establish his kingdom here on earth. The, the word solemnly charged, that's a legal intent of, of taking an oath while you're in a courtroom. And Paul is calling Timothy a, a God's a judicial branch. And he's charging him under the oath that that serious task of proclaiming God's word to those who also will someday stand in front of some bench of judgment by Jesus Christ who will return to reign over. The word is a before literally means is about to. Things is about to happen, church. And we need to be about our Father's business. We need to understand the urgency of what God is calling us to do. The day is soon coming for Christ's return. He can come first. He came first as a lamb, didn't it? But he said that he's coming back again as a roaring lion. That includes every one of us that we're going to have to give an account of what we've done in this life that we're in. And then he said, although believers in Christ will not face condemnation, but we're going to have to stand before that judgment seat in 2 Corinthians 2, 5 and 10 to give an account of our stewardship. One day we're going to have to stand before God and give an account. We said on yesterday at our church meeting, when I was hungry, mm -hmm. did you feed me? And when I was naked, did you clothe me? When I was homeless, did you give me shelter? So we got to give an account. We got to be faithful to do our due diligence, to yeah. carry out the word of God. See, one day we're going to have to stand before him. And I don't know about you, I want to hear what well done. Yeah. 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 Good and faithful servant. Yeah. Enter into the joy of the master. And preaching is important because of the seriousness of this fact. Yes. Christ will appear one day. Yes. He's going to set up his judgment to reign yes. over. Yes. The word appear is, 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 is about using an emperor uh, when he visits into a, a province. And, and when he comes in, he expects perfect order. Mm -hmm. So when, 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 when Jesus appeared, he needs the garbage cleaned up. Uh, he needs the street swept. Yeah. He wants to make sure the buildings are scrubbed down yeah. and, and appear uh, like pure gold. The, the idea here is Christ is the king. He's coming. So you need to preach so that people's lives are clean and ready yeah. for the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings when he returns. Amen. Yeah. Then we want to know what to preach. Mm -hmm. 
It's pretty simple, ain't it? Yep. Preach the word. Huh? See, some scholars are all about what the word means is the gospel, and it includes that whole counsel of God contained in all of Scripture. Yep. Huh? You just can't be a New Testament preacher uh -oh. and preach the word. Because the, the, the word in all of the Scripture is included in the word. The original text, there's no chapter break. You're going to realize between 2 Timothy and, 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 and there's no, all Scripture is what? Profitable. And instruction means that it teaches the doctrine of what God wants us to be in. So as a preacher, we must explain and then apply these doctrines that the Bible so that what we've done in life, you can look at it from a biblical point of view and understand how this applies into my own personal life. Amen. It's good to know how Moses led the children of Israel across the Red Sea. But what will happen when you get to that crossroad? See, I, we need to take that story of, about the crossing of the Red Sea and apply it to your life. Amen. When you got at a crossroads in life and didn't know where to turn, when the enemy was coming behind you in the ocean and the problem was in front of you, what do you do? Yeah. See, our message should come out of this text. is to be governed by the text. He said, preach means to what? Herald. Herald the word of God. Preach it loud and, and don't be making up stuff. Uh, preach the word. He doesn't want a politician. He don't want no diplomat. He, he, he don't want nobody to spin the word to fit their agenda. Come on. Mm. I told you earlier in Sunday school, they said, somebody said, uh, they, they, uh, uh, they, they, the love of money is the root of all evil. And they said, well, why the church want the money? So if the, if the money is the root of all evil, why did the church want the money? I said, it ain't the church that want the money. God's church is straight. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to me. Everything belongs to God. He don't need your money. But he said, now, if we got a problem with money in the, in the church, it ain't the church. It might be the local assembly. It, it might be the prophet, the priest, or the bishop, or whoever it is who, who looking for you to give them money. Telling him that you're supposed to take care of him. Yeah. <laughs> See, Scripture gives us what? The wisdom that leads to salvation and equips us in every good work so that we can lead others. See, disciples beget disciples. Church members beget foolishness. Come on. If you want to start some foolishness, then get together with another church member. But if you really want to benefit the church, get together with a disciple. Yes, yes. They will be able to what? Make other disciples, and then those disciples make other disciples, and it becomes a, 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 a reciprocal thing that, that one gives and the other gives out. Scripture reveals everything returning to life and, and godliness. If a man doesn't explain and apply scripture, his preaching is entertainment. So it's enjoyable to hear, yep. but it don't have anything to do with life. Huh? But see, if it lacks the life-changing power in his word to be able to impact the congregation, it only sounds good. It must be patient. It must be gentle. It, it, you must proclaim. You must apply. 
You must do all those things so that the word of God can become a living word. Thus Paul tells us that we need to be preaching the word because we too got to stand before judgment. Us preachers. Huh? Judgment going to start at the house of God. eh? And then when to preach. Our text says to be ready what? In season and out of season. See, the idea here is the preacher is not just a, 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 to play at preaching. Come on. Rather, it, it, it must be a life-consuming passion. Amen. You know, I, God don't use me until he used me. Uh, huh? It's a life-consuming passion. And, uh, and I've had within our Alpha Vista area, I've had several of my preacher friends retire. And, and I'm just sitting there. I want to retire so I can spend more time with the family. Aren't y'all my family? Huh? I've automatically dismissed you as being family names, my children that me and my wife have had. And they're the only ones that I want to. See, all of his life, his walk with God, went into preaching the word. Because biblical preaching is God's truth imparted through a man who walks with God. So he says, be ready, mean imparts that there is an urgency to be about your father's business. Uh, Picture a, a paramedic unit. That's on call and ready to save somebody's life. So we, we they gotta always be ready. Yeah. So us, us preachers, we are spiritual paramedics. Come on. All right. All right. That, that our duty is go out to save lives, Come on. rescue people that have been hurt, downtrodden, injured. I'm talking about bloody injured by the world. We are to bring life-changing. A CPR, spiritual CPR. I got a little message coming to y'all in the next few weeks. We're going to talk about spiritual STDs. <laughs> the danger of STDs. All of the young people, y'all learn about that in school, ain't eh? You know, sexually transmitted diseases. But what about spiritually transmitted diseases? <laughs> You can catch the same disease, eh? <laughs> By being around what? False prophets. All right. False preachers. You come around with the wrong doctrine. And look, STD, you can get a shot. <laughs> but a spiritual STD might take you away from here, eh? Then you got to face the righteous judge, ain't it? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. The only shot they're going to fix, fix that one is you need a shot at the Word of God in your life, and it's up to us to be able to inoculate, to uh, vaccinate. That's a bad word, ain't it? But we got to be able to get what's necessary, spiritual paramedics. Souls are perishing without Christ. Christians are are spraying away from the fold every day, and we need to perform God's word whenever, however, we can 
because of the fact that we, their lives are what? In our hands. We're spiritual paramedics. Their lives in our hands. So how do we preach? He said, preach the word with every application to life. Our text says what? Reprove, yeah. rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. See, biblical preaching uh, should show people when, where, their lives are what? Out of line with the word of God. Help them to be able to make the necessary corrections in their own life so that they can obey the truth of God's words consistently. Amen. See, to do this, preacher must also appeal to the reasons to, of the hearers. And some people need rebuke. Some need encouragement. Some, some need correction. Some need assistance. And some need encouragement. And, and, and you'll discourage them by giving them something that they don't need. People living in sin, you tell them everything will be all right. The Lord is a merciful God. Yes, he is. But they need to know the truth to set them free. And you tell them that everything ain't going to be all right. You need to go to them scriptures and give them an answer. To be able to help them. So the preacher becomes the channel for the spirit working when he appeals with that great patience and instruction that they need. People require time to change. Don't expect people to change overnight. I come to the church with a, a great mission and I want this mission to be done overnight. I always tell preachers that you need to dance with soft shoes. You dance stepping all over people ain't going to help you. Dance with soft shoes. Give them the same patience that God gave you because you didn't get it overnight. Preach that word with some patience. They don't always get it the first time. And we understand that. So the preacher must preach that word said over and over. I have a white preacher and, and they said, Pastor, why do you keep preaching the same text? He said, until you get it. <laughs> why am I sudden do you keep coming back with the same text? Until you get it. <laughs> but the preacher just doesn't leave the people in their weakness, see? He gives them what? Careful instruction so how to grow in Christ. Uh, then Paul is saying, preaching the word is of the utmost importance in light of the coming judgment in the kingdom of Christ. But even great preaching that falls on closed ears and hardened hearts mm -hmm. is ineffective too. Amen. You got to have willing vessels, ain't you? Yes, so our next point is what? Hearing the word of God is utmost important for the sinful to turn away from the truth. He said that that time will come when those in the church, you realize he didn't say in the world, where those in the church will endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their eels what? Tickled. They will accumulate or they will heap up for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. Yep. 
See, they'll find teachers that tell them what they want to hear. Sound doctrine, Paul, is, he talks about it frequent times. Sound means what? Healthy. And sound doctrine means the healthy Christian living. Note that such healthy teaching will, 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 is set in contrast to people that like to have their ears tickled. You want to hear sound doctrine or you want your ears tickled? Right. You, you want to have the meat of God's word or you want to have something that's light that you won't uh, weigh you down? See, we, we need some meat. Yeah. You don't, this ain't no time for no yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yogurt is good, ain't it? But sometimes you need the meat of God's word. Huh? And, 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 uh, my wife knows I don't like it. Uh, spaghetti. Spaghetti, you can eat a plate of spaghetti, burp one time, and you're hungry again. <laughs> That, 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 that's how those carbohydrates are. They don't last, but the meat of God's word will hold fast and last so that you can have something to, to hold you down. So we got to imply that we need what? Healthy fuel, the healthy word of God to be able to help us get through these trying times that we're in. So we got to be able to make sure that we preach a word that will not heap itching ears on our congregation. Get that word of God that will be empowered in their heart. That there's a powerful temptation to the preacher, especially to those that wants to be alike. They start giving ice cream. Come on, come on, come on. Instead of meat, instead of and giving veggies, instead of God's word. But you should be what? Not to be a man that is going to have to stand before God. And he said that, that, that he, he told Peter, he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, I love you, Lord. He said, if you love me, what? Feed my sheep. Huh? He said, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you didn't ask me that once. Yes, I love you. He said, feed my lambs. So then we got a message. You got to reach what? The older generation, the younger generation. We got to be able to meet everybody's needs in the congregation. Ice cream don't get it. Come on now. Sugar don't get it. We found out later that sugar will what? Kill you. Too much of it. All right. But I'm going to let y'all know right now. If I'm going to have ice cream, don't bring me none of that stuff that ain't got no sugar in it. <laughs> See, you will not be spiritually healthy unless you have the meat of God's word. But what if people don't listen? What if he said, as for you, be always what sober minded, enduring suffering, and do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your mission. When people don't want to listen, Preach the word anyway. But Paul gives us four uh, uh, ministry uh, uh, commands. He said that be sober. Huh? Then, then always be sober minded. Then he says endure talk. People are going to talk about you. Endure the suffering. They ain't going to be friendly to you. They might not invite you to the house. They might not invite you to a meal. They might treat you any kind of way. But endure it anyway. Do the work of the evangelist. That means on Sunday you do what you do on Sunday, but you got people out there that are lost in the world. Go out and evangelize them and let them know about it. Jesus. Fulfill your ministry. Yeah. Fulfill your ministry. Don't bail out. When it's time for to get busy doing the work that God has called you to do. When opposition comes, don't give up. Mm -hmm. Follow 
thing. He said, fight in the good fight. And then you'll finish the course. See, the other work is tempting, ain't it? Mm -hmm. To quit the church and quit pastoring and quit in ministry and go out and do social work and do some other kind of work. But Paul is telling us to don't bail out. If God is going to use me, I'm determined that he's going to use me until he yeah. uses me. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So it's because the point is not eloquent sermons. But, but a message that God's word that the Holy Spirit anoints and want to apply it to the people's lives. After I'm done preaching, my aim is, is that you can look at the Bible. Follow what I preach yeah. and make sure that what I preach is what the Bible says yeah. and how it applies to your life. Yeah. Paul says in our text, I'm ready to be poured out. I'm ready to be what? Used up yeah. huh? as, as, as an offering in my time of my departure has come. I fought a good fight. I, I finished the race. I kept the faith and it's laid up for me, a crown of righteousness with the Lord, a righteous judgment upon me on that day. Not only me, but all of those that have loved their appearance. Very shortly, the time of our departure, it'll come and, and we all got to stand before that sovereign God and give an account of ourselves. It's essential for you to listen to the preacher. Listen to the word of God in view of the obedience that God wants you to do. Then on that great day, when you stand before the Almighty God, we all want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Preaching the word, hearing the word with that utmost importance that in view of the eternity that God has for us, Paul is telling Timothy, I allow God to use me. And now I'm ready to be used up. I, I, I want to be used up. What about you this morning? Being and feeling used is terrible. But being used up by God, oh, that's a mighty feeling, ain't it? That's mighty rewarding. But our Bill Wilson said that if you want to spread some news of how I'm being used, Lord, you just use me until you use me up. God has called each one of us to spread the gospel, the good news of the Bible. And I'm glad that it, 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 it feels good being used, don't it? Huh? And so I'm, I'm, I'm asking God, Lord, I know I'm at a certain age now. I know I'm not as young as I used to be, but Lord, just use me until you use me up. Do I have a witness? Do you want to be used this morning, huh? Life is going to be used up or used down. I'd rather for God to use me up. For to stand before me on that day, and he said that I never knew you. So, Lord, use me. Use me up. So, we're going to be used. So, let's surrender our will over to God's will so that he can use us. Uh, do I have a witness this morning? Come on, let's give him some praise in the house. Use me, Lord. Use me for your glory. Use me up so that I can get to be in the presence of his Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me. 
Is there one this morning who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? Is there one who wants to give their life to Christ? Is there one who wants to be used up for Jesus this morning? So we ask that only thing you need to do, he said that if you confess with your mouth, then believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. He said, thou shalt be saved. Is there one today? Is there anyone looking for a church home? Sometimes we're without a church. We're in between churches, but our pioneer heel stands with his arms wide open. Our doors swing on the hinges of love and welcome. We welcome you into this house. We welcome you into this congregation. We are not that perfect church, but we serve a perfect God. Hallelujah. He's a God that will look on me on all your faults, and he'll see your everyday needs. Is that one today? If not, let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come. And as we preach, Lord, let us preach the word in season and out of season. Let us be consistent in our preaching of the word that will follow the doctrine of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us be able to uh, reach out and touch somebody in our life, to be that evangelist, to show Christ to them and show how he died on the cross for our sins, how he rose on the third day morning, giving us victory over sin, death, and the grave. Let them know the story, that old, old story of how he went to glory. Now he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. He's sitting there taking petitions for our prayers right now, but he's coming again. Coming again with all power and authority to receive his church unto himself. Let us be ready. Let us surrender ourselves and tell God, Lord, use me until you use me. Lord, we thank you, Lord, we praise you. you. We thank you so much for joining us again on Facebook. We thank you in our congregation for being with us this day. We hope that you would take this word, uh, uh, let it marinate within your spirit so that you can be able to feast on what the goodness of the Lord has in store for you. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you.